Well, good morning and happy Father's Day. Great to have you all with us here. And uh, we are ready to get going. We are in a series called Family Matters, second week of it. And uh, so dads, great to have you here. You may not even realize it, but you just walked into a talk on family. So uh, good to have you here. And uh, we're excited about what we're going through. Family matters. Like how do we build a family that's on fire for God Almighty? How do we build our family so that God is glorified? That's what we're talking about. And uh, why don't we throw the slide up there? And uh, so this is the slide we're working off of. This is defining the next four or five weeks of where we're going, all right? And so last week we talked about women of God and what a, a godly woman looks like. Hey, hear me. I always lead with the man, except when Father's Day is the next week. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why we're on a man of God today. And uh, so last week we did Proverbs 31. If you weren't here for that, do catch that. Go back and pick that one up. Uh, good challenge piece there on what God has to say about women uh, in the family and in this world. Uh, today we're going to be talking about men of God. And if you notice, after you get individuals on fire for him, then you can build on top of it. Then you get a marriage for God where the two are becoming one. And then after that, you can build strong parenting. Uh, how often when we're dealing with parenting or marriage problems, do we end up finding out that it's something in the infrastructure below it that we actually need to be going after for a fix, okay? So we are walking through Family Matters today. It's all about men of God and making sure we get fired up as men of God. And uh, so turn with me to Psalm chapter 15 and let's get started. Psalm chapter 15. We got the ushers coming forward and they're going to be handing out Bibles. Uh, If you need a Bible, just raise your hand and uh, they'll get one to you. All right. We'll be walking verse by verse through this Uh, Psalm 15. Now, let me just say, while you're getting ready and getting set, uh, yes, we are talking about men of God, uh, but hear me, ladies, this isn't time to check out. This is time to actually be taking notes, not so you can jam your significant other, but so you can actually be praying for them and encouraging them. And just so you know, the definition of encourage is uh, thank them for where they're doing well, not point out where they're doing poorly, okay? And so encourage them and pray for them. And uh, ladies, for those who are in junior high or high school uh, or college or young adults, if you're not married and you're looking for that other significant other, uh, this is the guy that you should be looking for. Clear enough? If he's not Psalm 15, move on, okay? Uh, Dad, did I hit that hard enough? I think we're good there, okay? So... Uh, Psalm 15, let's make sure that this is the guy we're looking for. This is the guy we're praying for. And guys, this is the guy you're going to be. All right. So let's get it started. Psalm 15, man of God. Uh, just so you know, this is a psalm written to both men and women. This is a psalm calling for what does it take to be in front of God? But we are absolutely focusing on the man's heart today. It's a heart check of the ideal worshiper, if you will. All right. So first point, man of God, he longs to be with his almighty God. He longs to be with his almighty God. Psalm 15, verse 1. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? Who shall sojourn or dwell? Uh, These are words that are meaning uh, a short stay, sojourn, like to hang for a little bit of time. Uh, Who's going to hang with you for a little bit of time, God, in your tent, like that um, temporary abode, uh, it's alluding to the tabernacle, the thing that was uh, used within the travels in the wilderness and when God would settle into that location and it was a place for them to approach God one-on-one for a short period of time. Everybody say short. 
okay, for a short period of time. It was all about a sojourning or a dwelling, a moment. And notice he even goes on, he says, who can dwell in your holy hill? The city of David or where the temple was built became a little bit more uh, temporary place. And yet still the man only spent a short time with God there. Why? Well, because the guy has a lot of unholiness in him and God has all holiness in him. And for a moment in time, they could get things confessed and cleared up and covered. And they would enter for that moment to represent the nation and then they would get out. And uh, so they had very short moments of time in the presence of God. Uh, good news, uh, that was under the law. And uh, we have the gospel now. And the good news of Jesus Christ is that because of his shed blood, we don't have to worry about sojourning or dwelling short. We can be with him for all of eternity, constantly basking in his perfect holy glory. That's privilege. Amen. And we can be with him and know him personally and powerfully. Let me just read you a couple of verses. Hebrews 10, 19. I'm not making it up. Here's the verses, right? Uh, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, Jesus Christ, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Hebrews 10, let us draw near. Uh, The beauty is covered by Christ for eternity. He can't love you more. There's nothing you can do where he's going to be like, oh, love just went up for you a little bit. Like he loves you to the max. And because of it, he's covered you to the max if you trust him as your savior. If you've said, Lord, please forgive me. Please use your shed blood on the cross. I'm yours. And and please, I'm following you. Well, promise you're covered. And in that moment, you can spend not just a short time with him, but eternity with him. Everybody say eternity. That's what we're talking about. Eternity with our God. And uh, celebrating him for that. Uh, We long to be with our almighty God. The psalmist here is simply saying, Lord, what does it take to be with you? And I want to be with you. And I want to know you. And let's just grab a statement from Philippians. Uh, Our challenge should be to know him, to know his power, and to know his sufferings. Right? Philippians. That was a great challenge piece. And guys, if you're looking to long for your almighty God, a great prayer moment. God, help me know you. Know your power, which comes by power prayer and seeing him answer. Know you, know your power, and know your sufferings. As God calls you through things, not around things. All right? And uh, Lord, I'm ready to know you personally and powerfully. And please, Lord, I want to abide with you. And uh, how do I get there, Tim? How do I abide with him? So uh, guys, hear me on this. Uh, It's time to spend some uh, power time in your word. All right. Grab a hold of your Bible and spend some time hearing from God. Look, I'm not talking about that. Check the box. I read some verses or I'm I'm trying to uh, scan read. So I got three chapters today. I read three old chapters of God's Bible and I check it off and feel good about me as if I'm actually earning a little more of his love 
And we just covered that. There's nothing I can do to have him love me more. We're not checking boxes here. Time in his word saying, God, I'm ready. What do I need to know about you? I'm listening. And I'm ready to write it down. And I'm ready to have it change me. Rock me with who you are today, God. Power time alone with your God. Long for it. Don't be satisfied without it. It's where a man of God starts. It's where a man of God goes on fire for his king. Okay? And uh, so abiding with him. I just wrote this down. J.D. Greer had this quote. Uh, Whatever controls your joy is what you're abiding in. Whatever controls your joy is what you're abiding in. We talk about this word abide, hang with, want to be with, want to have. Whatever controls your joy is what you're actually abiding in. So guys, question, what controls your joy? What makes you go down? What makes you come up elated? It needs to be time alone with God where you've just met him in a fresh way. That's what it needs to be. Time where you're marking down saying, that's who you are. You're kidding me. I haven't been living that way. And write it down and start to make some adjustments. God, I'm ready to hear from you. And uh, May our joy be controlled by abiding in our king and abiding in nothing else. Amen, guys? May we go after that. And uh, So guys, first step is longing to see the Almighty and know the Almighty and be with the Almighty. Second point, uh, a man of God, his walk and talk reflect his God. His walk and talk reflect his God. Notice he says in verse 2, uh, he who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart. This is the answer to who? Who gets to be with him? He's now got a list going of the things that required to spend time with God. And he starts to describe a man of God. He who walks blamelessly and does what is right. Uh, walk. It's a word you hear a lot. If you've been around the church a lot, you're like, yeah, I hear that. You know, how's your walk going, man? Or, uh, hey, our, our four W's, right? Worship walk, work and witness. And, and so I hear that W of walk a lot. Where's it come from? Well, they used it in the Bible and it was a metaphor and it basically meant how's your journey of life with your God going. Okay. Walk. It's a journey of life. And uh, how are you doing with that journey of life? And is it reflecting him? Is it blameless before him? Uh, In fact, he says doing what is right, doing what is right. Like you understand right and wrong and you're going after your God to get it right. Lord, may you be honored in my life as I live for you. It says, and speaks truth in his heart and speaks truth in his heart. Like, uh, there's words that come off my lips. They align with what I'm saying and thinking inside. Uh, Like, it's not this kind of thing. God, that guy's such a loser. And then you see him and you're like, dude, how's it going? I love seeing you. Don't be that guy. Where inside you're thinking something very down, very negative, very judgmental. And on your lips, you think you're saying things very positive and very uplifting. And, and like your heart isn't even matching your lips. Don't be that guy. Uh, double-minded is what he's really talking about here. Uh, one thing inside and another thing on the lips. All right. And uh, don't be that guy. Make sure you're honoring God and what you have going on. So uh, bottom line is the word walk can be a bit vague. And so I thought we'd put a little bit of brass tacks to it, all right? So guys, nine things your walk needs to have. Nine. Get the pens ready. 
nine things. Here we go. Number one, we're going to come out of Ephesians uh, four through six on this. Hey, if you want a definition of walk, Ephesians four through six, the word is running rampant through that passage, uh, chapters four through six. It's amazing what God has to say. All right. So Ephesians four through six, here we go. First one in your walk, if you're going to have a uh, humble walk and an on fire walk is humility. Ephesians four two. Uh, humble, humility. Uh, this means you're not most uh, set on proving that you didn't do anything wrong. It means you're not most set on proving that you're awesome, but you're most set on trying to help those around you. And uh, if credit goes somewhere else, well, you're okay with that. Uh, humble, Ephesians 4.2. Uh, second one, Ephesians 4.2 as well. Uh, gentle and patient, gentle and patient. Uh, Guys, how often do you get into a situation where something needs to change and you begin to use force to make it happen? Maybe it's your tone of voice. Maybe it's your posture. Maybe it's your challenge as you lean in. Uh, Maybe it's something that you're doing to just try to move the masses and you need to knock it off. All right. Uh, If that is you, join the club. There's a lot of people working on these pieces. All right. And so as you're writing these down, don't be continually writing them down going, it's only me. All right, we're all working on these together. Let's get these put together correctly. And gentle and patient, that's also chapter 4, verse 2. Third one, you serve within the church. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. You grasp who Christ is. Remember, we've already said you're longing for God. You have a relationship with your God. You've asked him to be your savior. That's point number one. Point number two, fine, it's time for me to step up and serve. Uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. He says, bottom line, I give you as a gift. You're the gift in that case. He says, I give some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and pastors and teachers. He's giving the person to the church. Uh, Guys, if you trust in Christ as your savior, he's enabled you and gifted you to serve. Time for you to find out where that is and jump into it. Uh, serving within the church community, all right? I'm telling you this, you serve and your family will grasp serving, all right? As your family grasps serving, they start pouring it on, being here all the time, loving, being, doing whatever God's calling them to do. You start getting a whole new love for Christ going in your family. You can set the tone by your service, all right? Uh, serving Christ. Uh, fourth, growing in him, Ephesians 4:15. Uh, Growing in the knowledge of him. Uh, Guys, this means you're actually going to be a student of where you need to make changes. Uh, You're going to need to say, oh, that part's not cool. That's got to go. And uh, Lord, what do you want done there? And uh, I'd love to see this change. And what should that look like, God? And and you're ready to grow in him. All right. And uh, in him, not like I'm going to make this happen myself. All right. We've talked about that. That's muscling it. And uh, you putting your effort at it, that's all great. But there's a point where God and his holy power are needed as he pours on you. It says that we are transformed by his glory pouring over us. Your growing is doing point number one really well. All right. Uh, You longing to be with him and spending time with him. That's where the change comes in. And uh, so growing in him, that's what it looks like. So humble, gentle, and patient. Uh, serving in the church, growing in him. And then uh, here we go, Ephesians 4.32, uh, forgiving like Jesus forgave. 
forgiving like Jesus forgave. Uh, remember, the gospel is effective in our lives. And as God shows us who he is, uh, we get to act like that. And so here's the deal. Ephesians 4.32 says that we need to forgive, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And uh, guys, if you've been forgiven by Jesus Christ, if you have a relationship with him now, as he has forgiven you, so you forgive others. All right. So catch this. Uh, it says that God forgave, right? But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, your job, guys, is to be ready to forgive before they're actually acting like it's worthy of forgiveness. Are you hearing that? It's like my heart's ready to restore. And I'm not standing here saying how you act to me is how I'll act to you. I'm standing here saying how you act to me does not matter. It's how my God acts towards me and that's how I'll act outwards. Man of God forgives like that. And all of God's men said, I'm telling you, this will challenge you this week. (laughs) Come live it with me. As we decided to go after this and write these things down and and say, this is what's going to happen. It's been a challenging week as I've walked through just saying, Lord, help me through these pieces and realizing when I'm not doing that, when I'm actually saying how you're treating me is how I'll treat you. And uh, no more of that. Sounds good, doesn't it? It's time to go after it with all we've got. Uh, Forgiving like Jesus did. Next, uh, sacrificial loving husband. Sacrificial loving husband, Ephesians 5, 25 to 31. Hey, this is going to come up again next week, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, all right? But Ephesians 5 talks all about a husband being a loving husband towards his wife, sacrificing. It says, as Christ gave himself for the church, so you give yourself for your wife. You hearing that? It's not as your wife respects you properly or sacrifices towards you, so you, it's not that. It says, Christ gave towards you, so you will now give outward towards them. You love, you set the tone in that home. You hear me, guys? Your tone in your home is set by your actions. Your love and your forgiveness will paint the picture of who God is. And uh, man, if that's not something to wake you up, is that most kids get their image of God from their daddy. And it's time to start executing who their daddy is in heaven. All right? May we forgive, may we love, may we sacrifice the way our God lives for us. And uh, more about that over the next two weeks, all right? So I'm not going to camp there. Uh, last one that I put in this uh, list here, it's number seven right now, uh, pours into his kids. Pours into his kids. Uh, yes, work's important. Yes, friendships outside are important as you grow one another. Yes, you must pour into your kids, all right? Uh, Ephesians 6 verse 4 talks about growing them up in the Lord. And uh, having a plan for where you're taking them uh, without exasperating them. Uh, don't frustrate them to no end as you constantly berate the negative. And we'll talk more about that during the parenting segment. But pouring into your kids, all right? And uh, that's what it looks like. As God is to you, so you be to others. So I told you this was kind of a, a rough week for me as I sat down on Wednesday kind of typing out pieces of these notes. And I, I'm not kidding. I just got done typing. As God is to you. So you live towards others, period. Bam! And I'm like, what was that? My dog stands up and he goes, like, is everything okay? He didn't even bark. 
He's like, I'm not sure what that was. And I'm looking at him like, give me a tip, man. Right? I look at the clock and all of a sudden I figure out, uh oh, Megan was supposed to be coming home with the car right now. And I got permission to tell the story. Don't worry. And so I go over and I open the garage door and I look in and she's sitting in there with the van and she goes, oops. And, uh, so it wasn't too bad. I mean, it was the right side mirror, passenger mirror, and she was far enough away that it didn't break the mirror. It didn't shatter it, but it caught the trim and the trim bent. And as she kept going, it went bam. And that's what we heard. Okay. So I went over, I saw the trim and I'm now I'm thinking funny God. I, I, I get it. All right. We're going to hold it together here. And Hun, how's the mirror? She checks the mirror and I go over and I check the trim and I'm like, okay, it looks like I can actually fix it. I pull the nails out and pull it back in towards it. And I get the hammer and hammer it back in place. So it's cracked, but it's not bad and everything's good. The trim's, it's really not a bad problem. And I thought while I'm doing this, the dog, he busts out. He's like, doors open, dad's busy. I'm gone. And so, so the dog's out, he's in the neighbor's yard, right? And I'm, so I thought, well, this is a good time to partner. So I'm like, Hey Meg, why don't you go get Teddy and clean up after him because he's over there doing things we don't want him doing. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll go do that. So she's cleaning up there. And I thought, isn't this so much like God? Like how often do we create a problem that's way bigger than we could ever fix? And he's like, can you at least just go handle this piece? And I'll call you to doing that while I cover the big stuff, right? It was such a worship moment as I considered what God is like with me. And so how should I be with my daughter? And uh, sweet moment. And uh, we're not done yet. And so then I get a call about five o'clock and uh, I'm talking with uh, Steve McGinnis and Heather uh, Holt at the office and we're chatting out in the front area there. And I answer the phone and uh, Jonna says, Tim, um, I was grilling some brats and uh, the wind was really high and it wasn't working well. I got permission to tell the story too. (laughs) And the wind was really high and so I had to scoot it in closer to the house. And I melted three pieces of siding and they fell off. <laughs> and I'm like, funny. Funny God, I get it. Okay, well, have you called the builder? And okay, how many pieces of siding melted? And Heather goes, she melted the siding? Right, and I'm trying to keep it together. And, uh, okay, if you talk to the builder, get him. Okay, just get him tomorrow. That's great. Sounds good. All right, we'll talk to you later. Sounds like we're in good shape. The Tyvek didn't burn or anything. We're in good spots. Okay, thanks, hon. Talk to you later. I got to go. Click. And, uh, and Heather's like, you're kidding me. And I'm like, I'm preaching on Psalm 15 on Sunday. <laughs> it's just lesson after lesson right now, man. And uh, that's where we are. And, hey, that was just my Wednesday. I'm not even going to go into the rest of the week. Come join me, guys. All right, it's time to be who God calls us to be through his example to us. And as he is to us, so we need to be to others. All right, and so a simple question, guys, how are you doing with being Christ to your family? Not mirroring who they are to you, but who he is to you. Looking at who Christ is and looking what he's done in your life and how he's working with you and then being that example outward to those around you. Is Christ's life, his power, his forgiveness, his unbelievable working in your life, what you're modeling outward. That's what it needs to look like, all right? Man of God. On fire to be with him, on fire to share of him. Number three, uh, 
He does not tear down. Oh, I'm sorry. I just skipped two things here. I want to throw two more in. The seven, eight, and nine. I want to throw these in at the end, and it's important. Uh, number eight, guys, uh, Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18. Do not be drunk with wine. Where in his excess. Do not be drunk with wine. Where in his excess. Hey, no drunkenness, all right? If you can't handle the alcohol, you're done with alcohol. Clear enough? Like, watch out. Scripture doesn't say thou shalt not drink, but it absolutely says thou shalt not be drunk. And you best manage it well. And if you can't, put up a really wide fence line. You're done. Safe with it, all right? No drunkenness. Uh, and one that goes right along with it, uh, no sensual. Uh, Ephesians 4, 17. Ephesians 4, 17. And uh, this one says, do not be all about the senses, what feels good. And uh, guys, I really wanted to touch on this one hardcore uh, because this is where our eyes get involved. And uh, so everybody hear me on this, uh, ladies and men. Uh, yes, guys are built to uh, respond to visual things, all right? And the visual is a thing that tends to bring on the sexual stimulation, all right? That's the way God designed it. So don't get mad at the visual piece, all right? But guys... If you are letting your mind and your mind's eye and your eye go somewhere it shouldn't, that is on you. All right? Designed that way is great. Misusing it is not. Clear enough? And uh, so here's what I'm going to say. I don't know how to handle it, Tim. Billboards and people wearing things they shouldn't wear. And what do I do with that? And okay, here's a plan. All right? And we talked about it last week. Here's the solution this week. Um, So there's a book that was written called Every Man's Battle. Every Man's Battle. And uh, he had one challenge in it. Uh, it was this, bounce your eyes. Bounce your eyes, all right? And so it's as simple as, look, you are not responsible for the first look. You need to be looking or you'll run into people. <laughs> you need to be looking or you'll trip. And so you're looking and you're watching as you're walking. But if your eye catches something that begins to draw you away, you are responsible to get your eyes off of it. Bounce your eyes. All right. It's that simple. The second look or the long gazing look is your responsibility. The first look is not. All right. The first look sits on them if they shouldn't be wearing what they're wearing or shouldn't have done the billboard or whatever. And you catch the glance and you're like, whoa, done with that. And now you need to start connecting in something else. Good to start another conversation. Good to find someone you can chat with. If you're alone, good to have a list of things you're going to start thanking God for or thinking about. Think on these things. What is pure, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise, right? Ephesians 4. Like, get your mind on the positives of God and get over there. And so, guys, you are responsible to bounce the eyes. It's as simple as you're walking in and your eyes catch something and you're not now. You're now somewhere else with your eye. And uh, it will mean that you're sitting at a restaurant with your wife, hypothetically. All right, for real. (laughs) And you're sitting with your wife and somebody walks past wearing something they probably should not, but it's not in their category now, it's in mine. And as they walk by, I catch it and I look away. It was about eight years ago now or so. And Jonna says to me, you just bounced your eyes. And I said, "Uh, yeah, I did. I didn't know where it was going. And she said, thank you. And uh, ladies, hear that response? That's an important response. Because uh, guys are built to respond visually. Manage what God's given you well. And ladies, respect them for it. Don't jam them for being visually turned. Absolutely support and encourage them for managing what God's given them. Okay? That's what it's about. And uh, look for a guy, girls, 
who understands that value and principle. Uh, that means bouncing your eye away from a computer at night, then do it. Off of a TV program, not going to see certain movies, whatever it is, get your eye off of what it needs to be off of, that you're not living in the central, sensual. It's important. And uh, ladies, the word thank you, big deal, uh, to make sure you understand what's going on. And uh, that's what it looks like, all right, guys? Keep your eyes where they need to be. Second look and beyond is all yours. Own it and put it in the right spot, okay? Enough said. So here's where we are. The walk. Uh, there's seven positives and two negatives there that we just listed and a great illustration of me uh, struggling with what it looks like uh, to be who Christ is. And uh, I'm telling you, those negatives are a big deal. Make sure that God has control of your heart as you go after it, all right? Humble, gentle, patient, serving in the church, growing in him, forgiving, sacrificial, loving, pouring out to your kids, not drunk, not giving into the sensual, bouncing your eyes. All right, guys? Living for him with all you've got. Okay. Number three. He does not tear down others, but rather builds up. He does not tear down others, but rather builds up. And uh, so let's just jump in here. He says, uh, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up reproach against his friend. He does not slander. Okay, the word gossip means spreading things you've heard, but actually they're probably true. A slander, spreading things untrue. Like, this isn't even true about him, and I don't care. I want to tear him down. That's slander. Ripping his character, does no evil to his neighbor. My goal is not to harm. My goal is to lift up and encourage. All right? Nor takes up a reproach against his friend. Uh, takes up a reproach, meaning you stand against, uh, you hope to hurt, you want him going down as you go up. All right, it's back to the pride thing. And uh, guys, it's time for us to be dead to that. No more competitiveness. Instead, it's a humble, Lord, where do you want me? Uh, no more competitive, dead to that. And look, it's not wrong biblically to play sports or whatever. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is when you don't want their welfare, when you don't want something going good for them, because then it might mean less for you somehow, we're in a bad spot. Uh, everybody say bad spot. I agree with you. And so dead to that is where we need to be. Guys, how are you doing at building others up? And uh, making a goal of lifting others up with your words and with your actions. Be an encouragement, guys. Figure out how to use that texting. It can be a powerful little encourager. All right? Number four. Uh, he loves what God loves and he hates what God hates. He loves what God loves and he hates what God hates. He says, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change. In whose eyes a vile person is despised. Let's do some defining here. Vile. This is like somebody who is an enemy of the cross. Somebody who lives for the sensual. They live for the things of the world. Um, in fact, I just wrote it this way. The earmarks of a vile person. Uh, they long for what looks good what feels good and what shows them off. It's First John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, right? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. They live in that domain. Uh, two more earmarks. Their humor. Uh, you will know somebody that's vile through their humor. Uh, coarse joking. It's talked about in Ephesians 5. Watch out for it. This is jokes that are all about the sexual or all about bigotry or they're all about laughing about sin. 
Uh, you can tell where somebody's heart is by what they laugh at. And uh, watch the humor. And uh, another earmark, their hobbies. Uh, what are they watching and what are they doing? If they're about the things that Christ died for, that would fall into the category of vile. Christ died for sin and the expression of selfish sin. And so watch out, guys. Who are you hanging with? Who are your friends? And be cautious with that. It says, uh, despise the vile. And in fact, what he's talking about very clearly here, I'll just put some words to it. No respect, uh, no following, no leaning on. Uh, You do not have me leaning on you. That's where we're at. Now, remember, Christ hung with the tax collectors and the sinners. It's not wrong to have a ministry into something that's different than leaning on them and looking to draw from them. All right. And so he is talking very clearly. Be cautious about your leaning on them. And uh, I'll just put it this way. I wrote this down. The more the vile person sticks to his sin and seems to be dragging you down, the more you need to separate. Clear enough. The more he sticks to his sin and is dragging you down, the more you need to separate. Uh, Going after ministry is great. At the cost of losing you is bad. Galatians 6.1 talks real clearly about trying to help someone in their sin. And be careful. You might go down yourself. And uh, so watch out. uh, So he says, despising the vile person. uh, But the one who fears the Lord, that's the one you should honor. It says, uh, be awestruck by Jesus and his glory is really what he's saying. The one who is fearing the Lord, like you're awesome, God. I can't believe as I spent my time in the word today, this is who you are. Like, I love you and I'm going to serve you and my family will know you. I will live for you. That's a guy who fears the Lord. All right. You've got my attention, God. And uh, your job, honor that guy. Honor that guy. Listen to him. Follow him. uh, Care for him. Lean on him. That's a guy you want to be close to, all right? And uh, guys, as we lock arms with one another, that's where strength comes from. As we who love the Lord and fear the Lord lock arms together, we can actually begin to head towards being a man of God, all right? And uh, he says one more thing here, uh, who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Like, I've made a promise, And in fact, if I follow through on that promise, it's going to hurt a little bit, but I'm following through anyway. I've said it, and so I'm good to it. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Follow through when you say you're going to do something. Be a man of your word and a man of integrity and a man who can be trusted. That's what God loves, and that's what he's all about. Our God can be trusted with everything. He says, I am the Lord your God. I change not. Beautiful promise. Man, go after your God with all you have. It's time to act like men. It's time to act like men. Do you hear me? And I I didn't make that phrase up. It comes out of 1 Corinthians 16, I think verses 12 and 13, somewhere right in there. Act like men. Be on fire to be a man of God. Part of it is locking arms together, one with another. For those who are fearing the Lord, we must find each other and hold close and learn from each other. It's time for us to battle together in it, all right? And uh, so here's a thought. Guys in this church, time for us to lock arms together. And hey, we do a gathering every year, right? Twice a year. We do one in the fall and one in the winter, spring. And so guys, here's the deal. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Get ready. We're going to lock arms in the fall, November 8th and 9th, and we're going to a conference. There's a conference going on in Indianapolis. It's called Act Like Men. 
That was well named, wasn't it? And uh, the speakers at it are going to be James McDonald and Greg Laurie and uh, Matt Chandler and Mark Driscoll. Uh, music from the Harvest uh, Band, the Vertical Church Band, and from Lecrae. I'm telling you, this is top-notch, top-shelf. You don't want to miss this. And so my question is, are you willing to be a part of it with me? And you might be like, well, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. Give us a little taste. Have you been wondering when something's going to change among the men in America? You're not going to sit in your deathbed and fret about how your business is doing or how much money you make. You're going to think about God and you're going to think about your family. Do you sense a need in your heart for a fresh stirring? My church will be served by me. My wife will be loved by me. My family will be led by me. Are you ready to embrace all that God created you to be? No matter what you're chasing, if it's not God, if it's not Jesus Christ, you're going to hit a ceiling because there's nothing new under the sun. Do you long to see God move upon you with power? Let sound biblical theology call you again and again out of a life of compromise, out of a life of self, out of a life of short-sighted self-serving. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. When men buy into that, it changes everything. The Act Like Men Conference, coming this fall. Listen, here's what we're doing. Guys, it's time to lock arms together. And my request to you is this. Between now and then, it's time to make a commitment to be a man of God. Walking with your family, walking with your friends in the way that God has called you. Between now and then, individually going after it, in your impact groups going after it, and then being at that conference. Here's my request. How much are you in? Well, sign up today. Sign up as you're going home. We've launched it this week on the, this is the first time we've ever launched, like five months in advance. Look, we went ahead, Steve Downs and I went ahead, we've bought 110 tickets, we've booked two buses, we're ready to take this thing on, okay? So that's 110 guys, the ticket cost is going to be $110, alright? That covers the bus, that covers the hotel overnight, that covers the whole of the conference, that puts you in Indianapolis on fire with a bunch of other guys. This is the plan. Make us have to buy more tickets. All right? That's where we're going. Time to sign up and sign up fast. Tickets are going fast. I'm just telling you, we got a group discount rate. You want to be on this. Don't set it aside. One of the go-aways from today, the takeaways, is I'm signing up for the conference. I'm in. And uh, so you go to our website, front page. The banner will hit first. Click on it. It'll take you right where you need to go. Get signed up. Let's sign up in June for what's going on in November. And all of God's men said, 
time for us to be in on this thing and go after it with all we've got. All right, guys, starting today and carrying all the way through the fall. All right. Number five. He is not out for selfish gain, but he honors God. He is not out for selfish gain, but he honors God. Uh, it says, he does not put out, put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He does not put out his money at interest. Just so you know, in the original language, this phrase is, he does not bite them with his silver. I love that phrase. He does not bite them with his silver. Like with what you have, you don't actually use it to hurt other people and put them down into a tougher problem. And uh, the illusion here is to, uh, my crops failed and I don't know what to do. I'll give you a little bit of money and uh, you're going to give me that and some back. And, and he's like, be careful with it. And now some have said, I think this actually to bite someone with your silver, it must mean like usury, like excessive interest, you know, like 50% interest and something you clearly can't get out of. And um, maybe, uh, it's not exactly clear and there's actually some disagreement on it, but I'll just tell you this Deuteronomy 23, 19 and 20 says, uh, don't bite your brother with interest with the silver, but go ahead with the foreigner. Now, do you think God's like destroy the foreigners, right? Uh, probably not. I think it's probably more of a be careful with your use of interest in general. And it's okay to have mercantile business outside of the uh, Israel community in the law. But inside, hey, what I've given to you, make sure you're giving and sharing around. Be together and care for each other. And so I think the real summary of this is uh, just be careful about the selfish gain thing. If everything is how I can get more cash and how I can get more credit and how I can get more to me, uh, we're missing what God's put us there for. It's time for us to care for those around us with all we've got. And uh, yeah, with the money, yeah, with a lot more than that. All right? And uh, in fact, he even goes one step further than that. He says, don't bribe, don't take a bribe against the innocent. Don't take a bribe against the innocent. In other words, don't use your cash to sway the uh, balances of justice. Uh, yeah, somebody might be guilty. Don't try to get them off because you have cash flow. Uh, let God work. All right? And uh, be careful with that. Uh, may we understand the justice of God and the rightness of God and the love of God. And let's just put it this way. Love the Lord your God is number one. Love your neighbor as yourself, number two. And love your money is never. Clear enough? So love the Lord your God, love your neighbor, never love your money. And I think we got this one down. All right? Really be working with the people around you to love for them and care for them. And let's see what God has in store. Notice what he says. He who does these things shall never be moved. And I've said this a couple times before, but when you see the word will or shall, take note. God's just made a promise. Will never be moved. Uh, ladies, this is the guy you're looking for. Well, I'm married to a guy and he's not this guy. Uh, ladies, First Peter 3, 1 through 7. As you wrestle through that right now, gently and quietly, prayerfully, letting God move, all right? The job is not to come in and go, let me point out that number two is not really happening in your life right now, okay? Not a good plan. Uh, guys, let the Holy Spirit start speaking now. May your God be exalted in your life like never before. May you long to have a time alone with him. Maybe like never before. I don't even know what it means to read the Bible and actually be stunned by God. Then now's the time. And if you want some assist on it, 
call. We as a pastoral staff would love to sit down with you and walk through it. Talk with your impact group leader. It's time to be rocked by your God. And as you're stunned by his greatness, he will call you to walk blamelessly. He will call you to love those around you and to hate what God hates and love what God loves and to be caring and powerfully used within the church community. May God use you mightily men within your homes and within this church. Guys, where's God calling you to take that next first step to go after it? And then secondly, sign up for that Act Like Men conference. Let's put this thing down. Make us buy some more tickets this next week. Let's get this thing signed up. I'm telling you, I don't know if I've seen a stronger lineup for a men's conference recently here. Get on it with us. This is going to be huge. It will be Friday from noon till Saturday at four and then on our way back. So uh, you want to be there for it. It's going to be great. The conference starts at seven, by the way. Noon, we're leaving here, just to be clear. All right? Enough clarity to it. Check the web, get signed up. And guys, right now, personally, you going after your God with all you've got. And let's see what God does in this place. And all of God's people said, Amen. let's pray.